Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's episode 149 for the Sports Talk and Real Estate Show. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by two of my regular co-hosts, Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida, Shea Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. Our buddy Todd is off on a cruise, to, departing from somewhere around Fort Lauderdale, I believe, right now. So he'll be hopefully listening to the show that next week. But guys, what's going on? Football season is over, or is it? Because we had the... <laughs> the opening session of the American Alliance of Football last night. We'll talk about that in just a bit. But, Bill, how are you, man? I know, I know you got out on the golf course today after a, a rainstorm threatened to keep you off the course, but you sent us a picture of the glorious sunshine coming through the clouds. Yeah, nothing like rain pouring uh, until about 10 minutes prior to the tee time. So we were able to uh, head on out, not a drop hit us while we were playing. Of course, it was wet, little lift, clean, and place rules in effect. But uh, the day ended up being beautiful today. It was 78 degrees, a little breeze out of the east. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is why we live in Florida or we live in Arizona. Um, I mean, they've been getting a ton of rain all around everywhere, even here, rain and cold. But now we're back to that typical normal weather. And I know Shay's just staring me down as we can see each other on the Zoom because <laughs> I can't wait to hear what happened there this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, let's go out. Let's go out to Portland, Shay. What's going on out there in in uh, Snowmageddon? I know it hit north of you guys hard in Seattle. Did you guys get a lot of snow in Portland? Yeah, we actually um, we've dodged a bullet for the moment. Uh, they're projecting anywhere from four to fourteen inches uh, over the next week. Uh, Friday, we actually only got we only where I am. We only actually got about two and a half inches. Um, I know some other areas of Portland got up to like four. Uh, today it's been extremely light and temperatures got up to a bombing uh, 38 degrees today <laughs> so, uh, but it looks like snow's on his way back in like within the next 15 to 20 minutes so we'll see how the rest of the week goes how does the city handle it Shay is it uh, like I know in DC two inches shuts the city down is are you prepared are there plows and salt and all that stuff so really interesting um, what I learned when I moved to Portland um, they actually don't use salt on the roads hmm. because the salt would run off into the rivers and they want to protect mm. the uh, the natural habitat here and protect the rivers. And so they'll actually use a gravel mix and uh, they'll just have snow plows, but no salt at all. Wow. Okay. Interesting. That makes sense. It makes sense, especially because it's so hilly. There's a lot of, I think, uh, like in Ohio, Sean, right? It's not like you have the hills of Portland, all that stuff going on for the, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we, got, so we started getting snow about 1230 this, this afternoon, and what normally would take me about a 25-minute ride home from my home inspection I was at was about a 99-minute ride. Oh, man. Oh. Just, just crawling. We got about, I think there's about three and a half inches out there right now. Snow is expected to continue to fall until about midnight when it's going to turn to rain. Um, so it could be a slushy, ugly morning when Oof. I wake up. Um, all right. I'll stop talking about the weather. Yeah, no, it's nice. it's all good. Let's uh let's actually start on the ice. Let's 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 hit hockey really quick mm-hmm. and uh and and just kind of run through the uh we're in the second half of the season. Um, 
boy, the Atlantic is all but over, I think, as far as the seating. Uh, Tampa Bay up 13 points in the East Bill. They just continue to, you know, they, 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 they really haven't even hit a slump where they've lost more than, I think, two in a row all season, right? They just recently lost two in a row. Um, one of them an overtime loss. In fact, both were overtime losses. So both, <laughs> they got a point in each game still, even when they lose. So, yeah, it's, you know, I got to go to my first Lightning game of the year with uh, Anthony Malafronte. Had a great time. I, I saw the debut of the black jerseys, which was the first time the Lightning were ever shut out. So they, they, <laughs> lost, they lost with 58 seconds left in overtime, one nothing uh, to the yeah. Blues. And then they uh, beat the Pens last night, 5-4, in a really fun game. This year. game yeah, yeah into the fights. There were three fights in the second period. All of a spillover of a, or an earlier game this year where a couple of guys uh, – uh, a couple of guys on the Penguins weren't too happy with a couple of hits by a couple of Lightning, notably Johnson and, and, and Craig Paquette. They were they were a little uh, a little aggressive near the boards, and so they they, they kind of had to stand up to uh, some bullying and ended up dropping gloves. It was you know it's part of the. It's funny listening to the announcers. I was watching that game on television, and they're saying, "Yep, this had to be done. You couldn't let the guy intimidate you. You got to show him. You got to stand up to him." I'm like, "Wow, what other sport do you just yeah, say so- we're gonna we're gonna hit each other for?" I don't know, 30 seconds, fall to the ice, and then, you know, <laughs> kind of just get up and have no problem with it and go to the box. It's there are fun. guys that – that's their job. They, yeah, they, it's pretty cool. Kind of the, pretty interesting. Sure. Yeah, but, you know, it's – it's so first game of the season, it's kind of tough to see a one nothing in overtime game. You know, you, you wouldn't mind seeing a 6-4 to four type game, you know. Or the 5-4 from last night. Yeah, they've been perfect, yeah. But, uh, no, it was, it was really fun there. Uh, you know, like, you know, Shea's not a converted hockey guy yet, but, you know – I think Shay will admit it that when you went to that first live game, Shay, that it, it changed your outlook on the sport, right? As opposed to just trying to get through a game on TV, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. You have a yeah. you have a, a different respect for those guys doing what they do and doing it on skates, on ice. <laughs> and then the, the you add in the physical the physical element of it and 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 fights and everything else. And I think hockey more so than any other uh, any of the other big three. They do a better job of in arena entertainment. Mm. It's fun for the it's fun for the fan. It's always something interactive so the fan can get involved, um, even through de-icing and and period changes and everything else. It's something for the fan to do. So if you want to stay in your seat and you don't want to go grab that beer, it's still something you can do. You can take the kids, you can take a girl, you can you can just have a good time with the hockey game. I, I got to watch two guys in sumo suits, you know, try to run down the ice and and score a goal but if you wanted to you could go tackle the other guy so of course they did that it was freaking great <laughs> yeah some fun fun uh, in-game in-game yeah. performance uh in the metro don't look now but the new york islanders have kind of slid up into that first spot They're, they have a five-point lead in the wow you know, clearly washington's right there columbus had a five-game losing streak but they they've won three now on their west coast road swing one of my buddies um you remember greg who went to the uh giants game with us last year right bill yeah he and he and some Blue Jackets fans were out in Vegas for the game last night against the Golden Knights. Uh, Blue Jackets scored too late and and won that one. Then their flight got canceled on the way home, so they sent me a picture of, from a Top Golf with about thirty beers in front of them. <laughs> so they they found something to do uh, instead of flying home. Uh, and then out west, uh, Winnipeg and Calgary uh, with just a, a thin lead. Winnipeg two points in the Central and Calgary uh, one point in the Pacific. So you know we're, we're about probably about. 30 days away from starting to kind of watch that, that cut line and, mm-hmm. and really start maneuvering. I, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to uh, have to worry about it, but a lot of the other, uh, the other three 
division certainly have some movement still to, to be played out. Hey, I'm going to real quick throw out the EPL um, 20 seconds for yeah. Todd. The EPL 20 seconds. Uh, Liverpool's back in first place. They had a win. They picked up three points. So they're back ahead of Man City. So Todd should be super happy. Okay, there you go. Saw that. <laughs> hey, let's, let's jump with you because you missed us last week after the Super Bowl. Uh, but NBA, the trade deadline has come and gone. Um, right now in the East, Milwaukee and Toronto still kind of ahead of uh, the other contenders with Indy and Philadelphia with a big high scoring win over the Lakers today, 146 points. They scored. Um, they won by 26, um, but s- still 146. And then out West golden state, Denver, Oklahoma city. And Hey, look at that. The Portland trailblazers uh, right now holding onto a home home court advantage. And if the playoff started today, um, but Shay, why don't you update us? You, you've been out for a couple weeks. Uh, we had a big, long drama filled story with Anthony Davis, which maybe you can, kind of put in layman's terms what all that meant um, and, and, and it, nothing ever happened. There was no trade um, and, and Anthony Davis remains a Pelican. So why don't you update us on the NBA as you see it? Drama, Sean, there's never any drama in the NBA. It's only like the longest running soap opera in history. Yeah. <laughs> no drama between Harden and between the Celtic Navi babies. And yeah. Oh man, where where do I start? There's so much NBA. Uh, let's go NBA trade deadline, uh, in particular the Anthony Davis situation. So um, last year, last summer, Anthony Davis decides to switch his agent. So he switches over to Clutch Sports uh, and Rich Paul. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Rich Paul, Rich Paul is LeBron James' best friend, and he just so happened to start his own agency where LeBron James was his marquee client. So this happens last summer, uh, kind of setting up, uh, setting up to where we are today. So just before the trade deadline, just before the trade deadline, Rich Paul comes out and um, and he says that Anthony Davis, who still has a year on remaining on his contract, uh, has no intentions to resign in New Orleans and request a trade. So the New Orleans Pelicans, with a <clears throat> with a week to the deadline, they're kind of forced to you know, get something for Anthony Davis because you don't want to lose the face of your franchise and get nothing in return. So they start to shop him a little bit, but they can't shop him the way they want to shop him. Uh, The team in the NBA with the most assets that would be able to trade uh, for Anthony Davis um, and New Orleans would get the most in return would be the Boston Celtics. Uh, Boston actually has three first-round draft picks this year as well as a ton of expiring contracts and young talent to move. However. without getting too technical and too deep, New Orleans is not allowed to trade for Anthony as Kyrie Irving is included in the trade because of what the NBA Players Association refers to as the Derrick Rose rule now. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that rule, Boston is forced to sit out until the summer, which is when Kyrie Irving's contract expires, to enter the Anthony Davis sweepstakes there. So rewind back to Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. So Rich Paul being LeBron James' best friend, um, LeBron James, of course, would like to play with Anthony Davis, who's an absolute uh, monster, a.k.a. unicorn without being the unicorn, um, also known as an alien. Uh, (laughs) The guy, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Anthony, Anthony Davis, the guy grew... 10 inches his junior year in high school 
So he went from being recruited as a guard to being recruited as the number one center in the country. Um, just absolutely just insane, just super coordinated seven foot big man. So of course he, um, so Shake, New Orleans. Shake, can, I, can I interrupt you? Yeah. He, he doesn't even play center. He kind of plays like a four guard, doesn't he? he or four, four, the, he kind of plays like a power forward. I know he, I know he lines up for the tip, but he really, yeah. So wing, he can go underneath. He can, he can bring the ball up the court. I mean, it's, he's really talented. He's the ultimate mismatch. Um, he's, what everyone, uh, what Dirk Nowinski couldn't be, um, a seven foot stretch four is what they call it now, um, because he is super agile. He can't handle the ball. He actually has a really good shooting shot, shooting stroke as well. So he can shoot the ball. He can handle the ball. Um, he can defend four out of the five positions on the court. Just super, super talented. Can't take anything away from the guy. Um, so the Lakers, the Lakers are uh, they they try to make a move to trade for Anthony Davis. However, the New Orleans Pelicans suspect the Lakers of tampering, which is uh, kind of, you know, pitching at Anthony Davis' coattail before they were technically allowed to. And so Dale Demps, the GM of the Pelicans, made things extremely difficult for the Lakers. At one point, the Lakers offered four draft picks and five players, and the Pelicans still said no deal. Never once did the Pelicans counteroffer. Wow. They just sat and just let the Lakers just show their hand after show their hand after show their hand. And the Pelicans made sure that the rest of the world was aware of the Lakers offers with no intentions to trade anything. Davis. So let me ask you this because the, I believe the trade deadline happened the day or a week, a week before the trade deadline was the day after Bill and I saw the Knicks play. And that was the day that they announced that Kristaps Porzingis was being traded to the uh, to the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Is that any type of play for the Knicks to free cap space and and sort of be there if the Lakers don't get this done? Absolutely. So the Knicks, as we know, they've lost what thirteen straight now. So the Knicks are in full tank mode um, to get the number one pick in the draft, which would be a huge asset to put together in a trade package. The Knicks, as it stands right now, they have over $140 million in cap space wow. next season. Wow. Um, so that's enough to actually sign two max free agents, as well as potentially, uh, well, not potentially, as well as definitely one lottery spot. So the Knicks have a lot to offer to, uh, to pitch in to the Pels for Anthony Davis as well. And really the three big names that would be part of the two max would be Davis, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, should he decide to leave Boston, correct? Those would be the three marquee players? Well, you've got a few more. You're correct, Sean, those three. Um, but you also have Clay Thompson, who has an expiring contract. You have Jimmy Butler, who also has an expiring contract this year as well. So um, it's actually been rumored that possibly Jimmy Butler may be a better fit in New York if they're not able to lure KD away from Golden State. Wow. So how do the Lakers fit into all the rest of those players? I know – LeBron wants AD, but wouldn't LeBron love a Clay Thompson or can you imagine Kevin Durant? And and it's possible, but the way contractually, the way the Lakers are as they stand right now, if they were not to make a trade, they would only have room for one max deal mm-hmm. next summer. Okay. So they would actually need to make a trade to get some money off their books in order to land more than one. Shay, is there is there a chance? Um you know, we, we've seen Brady do it, I think, three or four times during his career where he has taken less than the max to allow the team to sign more players and better players. 
would there be a chance that someone like a LeBron would take less or has that just not been his, his playbook at all through his career? Well, historically LeBron's not actually signed to the max that he can receive right now. And for the last three years, LeBron, LeBron hasn't signed to the max that he can. LeBron's been known to sign one year contracts <clears throat> to kind of control his own destiny. Right. Um, whereas LeBron's been eligible to sign each year would be eligible to sign what they call a super max. Um, and if he stayed with the same team, you're looking at about another 12 mil on top of the Supermax if he stayed at home. Um, so LeBron has taken a pay cut. He could potentially take another pay cut, but I don't think it would make that much of a difference um, in this situation here. Ironically enough, the way things are actually shaping up in L.A. is really interesting. First off, let's just say right now the Los Angeles Lakers general manager is Kobe Bryant's ex-agent, Okay. It's Kobe Bryant's former agent. But LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, actually has uh, three of his – I think Rich has 13 clients, and so three of his 13 clients are actually on the Lakers roster right now. And if you bring in Anthony Davis, you're looking at four there. So Rich Paul has a lot of say-so on what actually goes on on the floor in Los Angeles. Wow. And which means LeBron does. I mean, he already <laughs> did. I mean, he already is like the guy – I mean – uh, like he did it in Cleveland, he did it in Miami. What he wants, he gets. That's just the way it works, right? I mean, if he thinks somebody needs to be moved, maybe because they're not putting out the effort or they're not what they thought they were going to be, they end up getting moved, right? You, you better be really good or, or a really good friend of LeBron's if you want to stick around. And, and, tra- and you know what's interesting about that, what I find interesting about that? Traditionally, when you deal with these superstar athletes like a LeBron, like a Kobe, even like a Michael Jordan, they have so much say so and so they want to play with certain players but it doesn't necessarily work out the way they thought it would work out right you look at jordan in chicago and uh what was it jerry reinstor who was the yeah. gm there yeah. it was reinstor Krause. and yeah, he Krause. absolutely he Krause was the owner reinstor was the owner yeah and he said absolutely not like jordan couldn't have the control that jordan wanted and kobe tried the same thing in la and they pulled the plug on that too so just play the game. Just just yeah. go out and just play the game and leave the managing and, and moving the chess pieces to those who actually get paid to do it. Yeah. Shay, let's hey. talk about some stuff on the floor right now. Uh, let's start with Harden. Uh, once again, his, 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 his uh, hot streak continues. Um, what he's doing is uh, kind of shattering records um, for, you know, and he's doing it all pretty much with no assists. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> the uh I, I read an article uh, yesterday where the owner daryl Morey came out and said that uh he was going to grow a hardened beard as opposed to a playoff beard and he wasn't going to shave his beard until hardened scored less than 30 points in a game wow i hope, the, I hope his wife's okay with that because he's gonna have that beard for a long time <laughs> that's funny i, like, I yeah. want to oh, go ahead talk about hardman i want to ask a question afterwards no go ahead bill no I, well i don't want to take you off of harden but you know, I I want you to make your prediction in the East because, I, you know, we had the process last year. I don't know if we're still on that train. I'm not quite so sure. That's working out the way it's supposed to, um, even with today's game. But let's just assume the Warriors make the finals. That's not a really tough assumption. Let's say they get through the West. Who are they going to play? Um, that's a great question. Um, going back to the trade deadline, I think, Philly was the one winner of the trade deadline. 
they bring in Tobias Harris from the LA Clippers. And so you're looking at five all-stars on the court as a starting five in Philadelphia right now. So they're scary good right now. Um, they still don't have the same record as a Toronto or a, or a Milwaukee. Um, but even Milwaukee was a huge player at the trade deadline. I think you're looking at Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I, I, don't, I don't know who makes it out. I think either one makes it out. You'll be lucky if you win two games against Golden State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And Golden State's playing – Golden State's all of a sudden, you know, starting to play some pretty good basketball. Um, you know, the Marcus Cousins has settled in now as, uh, you know, his role. What are you seeing? You know, Golden State's so interesting. So just in the week of the NBA, we talk about the drama and the soap opera that is the NBA. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but two nights ago, Golden State's in a game in, uh, in Phoenix, actually. And it's a fairly close game. And DeMarcus Cousins, there's during a timeout, and the coaches kind of get together and talk amongst themselves before they address the players in the timeout. And DeMarcus Cousins goes over in the coach's huddle and tells the coaches, don't pull me out of the game. I'm not coming out of the game. I want to keep playing. Just in the coach's wow. huddle. <laughs> and they laugh, but they allow it. And so it's like, it works, but to what extent? Because the same exact game, later on in the game, there is a timeout. And all the players go toward the bench. And Draymond Green doesn't go toward the bench. He doesn't enter the coach's huddle. He goes to the referees and addresses the referees. And it's just like, man, come on. Like, how far are they going to go before it gets out of hand? And I think it sets a bad example for a lot of the youth that watch the game as well. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else going on? We got the all-star game coming up, I believe next week. And we had the, the draft, right? LeBron made a little joke about there's no tampering in the all-star game uh, as he picked AD with the first pick uh, in the, in the draft. Did you, I haven't seen the way the teams laid out shape, but I'm sure you probably paid attention to them. Does either side seem like they have a better uh, Giannis or LeBron's for, team? For, you, first to 175 wins. <laughs> right. yeah. I don't. I don't know about that. I'm Not thinking like first to two ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, this year, LeBron. LeBron's so smart, man. He's just so smart. His team is head and shoulders above Giannis's team. But six out of the first seven selections from LeBron James are all free agents within the next two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and, then, and then you have LeBron and Rich Paul. Where were they last night? Oh, at the Duke, Duke, and, Duke, and, Duke and Virginia UVA. game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Zion, I'm how's it going? Home. Just want to say hello. Hey, Zion. Hey, RJ Barrett. Hey, Cameron. <laughs> hey, you guys. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, heard, LeBron heard, with a great – go ahead. Bill. I heard that LeBron's uh, son has an open invite to Duke. He's, if he wants to play Duke, Coach K said, come on, you can play Duke. I heard that today. <laughs> So we'll, we'll get on, we'll get on Duke in a second. We'll coach okay. be coaching by the time Bronny gets to Duke. But <laughs> um, LeBron, LeBron had a lot of fun with the, uh, with the all-star game, uh, with the selection. He actually made a trade in the spirit of the trade deadline. He traded Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons. Now the funny thing about this, for those that, that don't follow the NBA too heavy, um, Giannis, Giannis actually has, Joel Embiid on his team. Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook are not good friends at all. I don't, I don't think they exchange Christmas oh. cards. They're just not friends at all. 
So LeBron wanted to set that match up uh, just to kind of create a little more drama around the All-Star game because the NBA is always a fan of drama. <laughs> nice. That's funny. That's funny. Hey, really quick, give some love to your home team. Uh, they're playing, playing pretty good, right? I mean, they were – I think if we go back three weeks, they were in eighth spot, and now they're up in the fourth spot. Um, are they just kind of just chugging along, beating the teams they should be? They're taking care of home, which is extremely important. February, they're on the road. They only had one more home game in the month of February. Um, they lost a really close one today, 102 to 101 in Dallas. However, they made a move at the trade deadline, which I thought I think is really going to help them moving forward. They acquired Rodney Hood, um, the former Utah Jazz Rodney Hood, who actually LeBron acquired at the trade deadline last year mm -hmm. to bring him to Cleveland. Um, but Rodney Hood is actually um, – he stepped right in. He fits in perfect just to come off the bench and give you about 20 minutes a game. He can give you about anywhere from, from 10 to 12 points and another six rebounds and just kind of solidify that second unit. So Dame and CJ don't have to have so many miles and so many minutes uh, on their legs. I think that's really going to help out. <clears throat> and um, Portland has the most continuity out of any team in the West. You, you think that starting five hadn't really been shook up in the last three, four years. So, yeah, you may not have been able to make it over the hump, but at the same time, you know each other, you know a system, and you play well together. Good. That, that segues great into your take on college basketball, Shay about how oh, man plays together and together for a little while, you know, and knows has a coach that knows how to like mold young men into, you know, into, into great people. Can I, can I, guys, I know I've been talking a lot about the NBA, <laughs> but give me two minutes to talk about college basketball. We talk, we talk Duke and we talked Virginia yesterday. Great game. Duke played the best all around game they've ever played, but come on, like, Let's just be real. Coach K doesn't coach anymore. He doesn't do anything anymore. He, he just really sits there, and he looks like the team mascot. <laughs> and he all called, of this. He called, he called two timeouts when, when Virginia was, went on a little 6-0 run uh, in both halves. Uh, but you're right. When he, when he gets the guys over there, it seems like he just kind of walks around and, and, and talks to the coaches. And I think it's great that he's able to recruit the best athletes in the country. But that's not going to be enough to get you over the hump when you come to March and you got to play two games in three days and everything's on the line. I just don't see it happening. And it's, it's, it's interesting because the same thing that Coach K did to, to make Duke the powerhouse that they are now, he's turned away from everything. And you talk about the culture of, a, of, a, of an organization and the culture of a, of a team and a school. I, I don't know what the Duke way is anymore. The Duke way used to be everyone's playing together, everyone's touching the ball, everyone's defending. Coach K plays a zone, for Christ's sakes, now. And you forgot to <laughs> most of the thing, and everybody's graduating. That was one thing, <laughs> big part of Duke, right? I mean, all those players got their degrees on the way out. Uh, so. at, at one point last night, Duke had 79 points in the game, and 71 of the 79 points were scored by freshmen. Wow. Really good freshman. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. just puts things into perspective. You're, you're relying on freshmen, 18-year-olds. Maybe 19 because their parents held them back a year. Come on, let's, you know what they do. <laughs> they want them to be bigger in their class than any other kids. So, you know, that's how that works, but that's all right. 
But with that uh, being said, Duke played a great game last night. Great all-around game. I thought that it was the best game Zion's played of his career. He was great on the defensive end, knocked down shots. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was three. unconscious at the beginning. Oh, I mean, started five for, started five, for five from three-point land, including a bank, um, which almost looked like he meant to bank it in there when, that, when he saw it leave his hands. Um, that was incredible. Um, mm. You know, and they just – you know, but Virginia weathered the storm. But Virginia had way more, way more turnovers than they usually would have, and Duke was just making them pay on the turnovers, right? I mean, it was. Um, but that, how about that block of, of of Zion coming out of the lane into the corner where he, you know, high ball, high pointed the ball, uh, the volleyball spiked it into the into the stands. He's, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about how his play transfers. I think we talked a little bit about Hershey, right? Like how what what will he be? One thing he will be is still one of probably the most athletic players ever to come out of college. I mean, it's, I've never – well, I shouldn't say never. But who recently has had the elevation or the, the explosiveness for a guy his size? You know, is it, is it LeBron? Is it, who, who is it? I, I don't think LeBron is explosive as Zion. As Zion, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's fun to watch. And, but, but, you know, uh, it's funny. You talk – you kept – you keep, I know you keep pounding the freshman, you know, uh, horn and I get it, but, but it has happened in the past. Freshman team have been able to run the table, you know, just six wins is all you need at the right time in March. Um, and I'll say this about Krzyzewski. He definitely looks a lot different than he did 10 years ago, but he's also a guy who's in his, I think he's in his early seventies, right? So he's, he's an older guy. He doesn't look that old, but he's, he's an older coach. My guess is he does a lot at practice. He's got that kind of stuff going on. But if the, when it comes to the game kind of stuff, you're right. He's letting the lieutenants kind of manage that a whole lot more uh, than what we saw in the past, right? That Krzyzewski who was marching up and down the sidelines and screaming and yelling at every player, trying to make sure they were doing the right things. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple games uh, in, a, in a couple weeks. I'm really uns- unsure how the ACC is doing their schedule because they've already played both games against Virginia. They haven't played any against Carolina. That's weird, yeah. It really is weird that they didn't go like kind of – up the schedule, down the schedule, yeah. but you know he's got some games coming up that that Shay will 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 put your theory to the to the test because he's got a game next Wednesday night uh, against Carolina in Duke, um, and it's you know will he coach against Roy Williams you know in that heat rivalry, and then they follow that up with a Saturday night game at Syracuse, mm. the only team I think or the one team that's beat Duke uh, so far this year, one of the two teams that have beat Duke this year. Um, besides Gonzaga, um, you know, and that's Jim Beheim, And so we'll see how he does against kind of his old guard or if he's just going to sit back. Not that, not that uh, Tony Bennett doesn't deserve the respect as a great coach, but, um, you know, as we look at the top, top 10 guys, Tennessee continues to dominate. They, they, they just, you know, killed a, a weak undermanned, poorly coached Florida team. Uh, they're on a collision course with Kentucky on Saturday night, uh, which if both teams can get past their, their midseason, uh, Tennessee has South Carolina, which should be an easy one in, in Knoxville. And then uh, Kentucky plays LSU, which is a top 25 matchup. Um, Duke and Virginia. Uh, Duke will obviously remain number two. Virginia will drop. Gonzaga uh, is at four. Kentucky is playing really good basketball. Nine guys playing strong right now. Shay, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've had any, any chance to see any Kentucky games, but any thoughts on them, what they're doing? P.J. Washington looking really strong. They're the hottest team in the country right now. I, I don't know how that translates uh, a month from now or a month and a half from now, 
but Kentucky right now is the hottest team in the country. Uh, I, I can't wait to next Saturday to see them against Tennessee. They got two matchups against Tennessee upcoming, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. And Gonzaga, just to speak on Gonzaga, Gonzaga's the other team who uh, beat Duke, St. Mary's. Yeah, doubled them up. Gonzaga is averaging their average margin of victory is what was it, twenty four points a game? They're they're just gonna coast all the way into the tournament. They're not gonna lose another game. They won ninety four to forty six. Wow, ninety four to forty six. I mean, that's like a high school girl score. So Shay, I'm just guessing that. It wasn't a whole bunch of those points weren't scored by a fresh by freshmen on the Kentucky team. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you're trying to tell me? Just a wild guess. They got some upperclassmen who've been playing at the school for a little while. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you in, in the bottom in the bottom half of the top ten, uh, Nevada Shea, another team that you Ooh, just man. they just kind of continue to. They're n- number six. Uh, you got Michigan seven, North Carolina once again. They mm. got a big game uh, tomorrow night against Virginia. Virginia goes. Saturday night against Duke, Monday night against Carolina, and that game is in Carolina. Wow. Um, and then you got Michigan State and Marquette. Marquette had a big win against Villanova, uh, kind of a, a top a 10 versus 14. They, they're they playing solid. And uh, so this week, the big games to watch, as I said, tomorrow night, UVA versus UNC. Uh, then next week, you got Duke at Louisville, who is uh, who, who, who pounded Carolina and then got beat by Carolina in Louisville and then obviously that Tennessee Kentucky game is prime time Saturday night that'll be one to uh get a few beers and get ready to watch because I think that'll be a that'll be a really good game but prime time for some of us Sean prime time for some of us uh, five o'clock for others <laughs> yeah mid-afternoon for for, for Shay. yeah yeah college basketball will be interesting this week you did Duke Carolina or excuse me <clears throat> Virginia Carolina tomorrow which is Monday and then Tuesday, you've got uh, Duke at Louisville, which will actually be really interesting right. to see the outcome of that one. Yeah, yeah Duke at so. Louisville, I think it's going to be good. And I think, um, you know, Michigan State goes to Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's number 19. Uh, they're not a great Wisconsin team. But anytime Michigan State goes to Wisconsin, you're probably going to, you know, uh, I, bet, I bet the over-under in that game's like 110. Um, it's just one of those grinded-out, ugly uh, ball control games. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then Michigan State plays Maryland later this week. Um, so, We'll see what happens there. Um, guys, the AAF is on right now. Uh, the last – there's eight teams in the league. We got Salt Lake versus Arizona. Um, did you guys watch any yesterday? Uh, you had Orlando playing Atlanta, and you had Salt Lake City playing San Diego. Um, Spurrier with a big win. They scored 40 points. A lot of people talking about – it was very fitting that Spurrier killed a team from Georgia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then sense. the other game, the San Diego San Antonio game, was more of a defensive game. But did you see the hit in that game by the uh, the San Diego team? Yeah, I think it was it was on an ASU quarterback, right? Uh, Bertu- yeah, Bergamichi. Bergamichi. Yeah, Bergamichi. Bergamichi. Yeah, yeah. So he was an ASU guy. Very uh, like with the helmet popping off, and yeah, yeah. There would have been a couple flags, a suspension, and possible ejection in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> so it's kind of weird that. You know, the AAF's going to let that allow allow that, or maybe they'll take care of that after week one, I hope. Yeah. But you can't well, get guys getting hurt. I mean, that's just – you can't do that. Yeah, just just for the glory of the game. But the the one thing I did like, and I maybe I'd missed it, but it looked like there's no kickoffs. They just start the ball on the 25. Is that right? There's no kickoffs, um, and there's no extra point. You're looking at only two-point conversions. Uh, okay. in the In the event that there should be an onside kick – the, the would-be kicking team places the ball at their own 35-yard line, 
and they have a fourth and 10. So they have one play to get 10 yards from their own 35-yard line. Instead of an onside kick. There'll be a whole lot more conversion on that than there is of the onside kicks now with yeah. the way the rules. So and am I right here? One other thing I really like, though, mm-hmm. um, I like that you get to hear the conversation on the replays. I thought that was very so cool. Yeah, that is cool. And it's got um, a lot of pressure on Goodell. I think a lot of fans are really going to like to hear how that is thought out. Is the NFL in any way, shape, or form connected to the AAF at all? I mean, are they looking at it as a, a, play, a testing ground for some of these things? Like, you, you don't think they're going to watch that no kickoff, put the ball to 25, and for maybe somewhere down the road adopt something like that? Because they've, they've really tried to limit those impacts, right, those kinds of collisions. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious. What you th- what's your take on that? Would, if the kickoff went away, would it really bother you? I don't think it will. I think it's, uh, it's, it's essentially gone away now because they moved the ball up so far. You've got touchbacks. Right. But I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I think that one of the games today was actually aired on the NFL Network. Yeah, it's on right now. <laughs> it's on okay. the NFL Network, yeah. So, so they're, 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 they're working together, right? I would think so. I think and, there's probably a lot of scouts watching every one of these games. A lot of these guys are ex-NFL players, whereas you right. know, in the USFL, it, was, it wasn't really players that left the NFL. No play this and, and remember the xfl starts in a couple weeks as well right um, hopefully a, a different version of the xfl than it's what they had a different before. version it'll be a little different rules as well yeah. um so i think these are look the nfl is kind of getting another testing ground that they don't have to pay for and manage but <laughs> they gotta love it right <laughs> they put nothing like the, the major league baseball puts into their farm system which is incredibly deep and expensive right yeah the nba does support the d league right shay i mean they're that's part of their you know they thing do. that they're doing uh but yeah the nfl just sits back and makes you know 30 guys or 32 guys super wealthy uh with tv contracts that are in the billions and and very little overhead uh, to speak of right uh so pretty cool for them guys guys i looked at this uh this morning i actually saw that the rating the tv ratings for last night's aa AAFL yep. were actually 2.9 million. They were actually higher than the marquee NBA game last night, which is 2.5. I saw that. So people are actually really interested in this new league. Well, timing couldn't be better, right? If, if, I'm, if, I'm, not, if I'm not a basketball or hockey guy, I'm dying right now. So the launch is timed perfectly, right? Uh, we'll see what happens when maybe when baseball fires up, does, it, does that take away some of, the, uh, some of those people or not? Maybe not. You know, baseball struggling overall. So. We'll see. Yep. With and, eight and, teams, I think they're over in April, though. So they're over before baseball really heats mm-hmm. up. Yeah. So it'd be interesting yeah. to watch. And, and, and yeah. will, will any stars emerge? Will any, will any players kind of step up and, and kind of catch, catch someone's eye? Um, you know, once again, the, the, the uniforms, the referees have a different look in uniform. Um, it, almost when you're flipping through the channels, it looks like a, a Canadian football game or something like that because you yeah. just don't recognize the uniforms. But – um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, how it pans out and it'll certainly be something to watch uh, really quick, Bill, let's hit on golf as we back out mm. uh, of the show, a uh, long delay in, in uh, Carmel today at the AT&T Pebble beach pro-am um, Nicholson started the day, two shots back at Paul Casey. And as of right now, um, they, they are through 13 and he is five under for the day and he is in the lead by two. Uh, Casey is now plus one. So Casey, what did- what did Casey do? Because I, the, I, I saw know. him. Must have been on ten or eleven because uh, they were. That's where I left him to come to the 
do the podcast, but I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm that, it, uh, it'll be on the little TV. The Grammys are on the big TV. Sorry, sports fans out there, but, but I will have the golf on during the Grammys. So he, he bogeyed uh, 11 and 12. Um, wow. Yeah. And so um, just, he, he's just one over for the day and, and Phil is, Phil's kind of grinding along and you know, obviously a fan favorite out there. Phil can, can hang on. Scott Stallings is finished with his round. And it looks like Phil and, and Casey will not finish. No, uh, they're not going to make it tonight. And, <clears throat> yeah. The, um, um, coming up in 45 minutes. Right. How about the, uh, how about, how about the, the legend of Tony Romo continues to grow? Not only is he the greatest the football broadcaster, but that shot he hit out of the grandstand. On, Jay, uh, did you see it? The Tony <laughs> Romo shot? I didn't. So he hits the ball way, way left, and it goes up into a grandstand, like a, a hospitality tent area. Tent area, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kind of elevated above, like almost in the balcony part of it. I'd say it's but a good 20 feet above the 20 feet above line. the ground and about, yeah. what, 60 yards from the hole? Yeah. And he's on a, what do you call it, indoor-outdoor carpet? Yeah, he's on a, yeah. he's on, so yeah, he's on basically a, a, a plywood uh, roof with carpet on top of it. And they clear all the patrons out of the way, and he hits the shot, and it, Lands on the green and sucks back to about four inches from the four hole. inches from the <laughs> Tony Romo. <laughs> yeah, and then you saw he had to withdraw and he left because Wade Wilson uh, died and, and he, he left for the funeral. He had to get back, um, right? Right. Yeah, so kind of cool, but once again, his 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 like you said, his, <laughs> his legend grows. His legend grows, and he'll be uh, he'll be one of the fan favorites at the uh, annual Lake Tahoe, you know? Oh uh, yeah, celebrity yeah. celebrity yep. event. So. Uh, guys, good show. A lot of stuff we talked about for uh, for what every time we go into those these weeks that seem like like not a lot to talk about. Shea comes in and drops some NBA inside information, and we get some good talk on hockey and and college hoops. And uh, we're getting getting close to at last. It, like I said, I, I don't understand how the schedules are working out, but we we got some marquee matchups that are going to double up in the next couple weeks. Yeah, um, which will which will we'll keep our eyes on it. And then obviously you got to kind of almost on purpose look for Gonzaga and and Nevada because they're just not on the prime time uh, as much. But, uh, Shay, let's start with you, man. What you got coming up this week? Well, you know, I wanted to um, – this week's pretty simple because I don't really know what's going to happen with Snowmageddon. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to leave my house. But I, I wanted to um, I wanted to call out uh, the Clemson Tigers this week. Um, they actually had both offensive coordinators join the Million Dollar Club this week. So uh, Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott actually got raises, um, $150,000 raise, by the way. So now they have all three coordinators are making over a million dollars. The rich just seem to get richer. Wow. <laughs> and you see, they also, they also came out and admitted that they think they might have been the ones that provided the PEDs to the guys that were suspended. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't, I didn't even, yeah. Wow. So it'll be interesting to see how the NCAA uh, – lays down on that because remember will greer at florida um inadvertently took peds and was kicked off the team and was suspended for six games um these guys were provided peds by the team and you got to think that that's probably gonna be a bigger penalty than just one game or as it turns out it was two games just because they advanced in the playoffs um you know that that could be it it'd be interesting to see how the politics of you know if this happens at um illinois right now does anybody care but because it's on clemson defending national champions is there any type of extra scrutiny yeah it'll be fun fun to see how that plays out so shay's gonna be holed up watching a lot of sports this week bill what do you what do you got going on so from the real estate sessions great episode with mal 
Mel Moore? Uh, uh, Mel Myers. Mel Myers. Out yeah, of Mel Australia. Myers. Yeah. Very the, bright guy. Yeah. How about Shay? I don't, I don't, you probably don't listen to the real estate podcast I do, but this kid was uh, done with all high school math by the age of 12 and graduated from university in Australia at the age of 17. Uh, very smart guys. Entrepreneur, started a few companies and now has this great company around the country uh, here in the United States and all around the world actually called Box Brownie. So that, uh, he was a lot of fun. This week, Sean, you're going to love this week. It's Kim Knapp out of Jacksonville, Florida. So she has a very cool story. This is, and she's very honest. So uh, it's, it's, a great, it's a great episode. I'm super proud of that one. And then uh, I've, I'm off to Lee County again. It's that week already. It seems like it came up pretty quick. But uh, Lee County this week uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, talk to some people. Keep, uh, keep trying to, and by the way, just a big shout out for Sean. Sean, you know, I know you saw that post and I know you didn't comment on it. You probably should. You did the right thing. Uh, but thanks for the card. It really is. It really means something when, uh, you know, cause I've heard your, I've heard you talk, I've heard you present and, um, and you know, sometimes you hear presenters, you go, yeah, they're just saying that they don't really do it. Uh, you actually do what you say. I see your posts. I see the pictures with flight attendants or a, a, a bartender or a server who did something kind of cool for you in Louisville. And, uh, yeah, you just, you kind of live the life you're telling other people to live. So just keep it up, dude. It's awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. that. And, uh, uh, I really—that's how we it. met Shay, right? It is. That's how <laughs> it yeah. is. Yeah. We were in. Uh, was that ten? Ten penny? A ten barrel? Ten barrel. Ten nice. barrel brewery. Yeah. Yep. And awesome. he, he and his his, his friend uh, Shayna were were having a beer, and, and I looked at his Portland Trailblazers shirt. And we started talking, and lo and behold, he says, "You have a podcast." <laughs> she a podcast. A year ago. Uh, Glad awesome. to have you here. So, guys, I had a great session in Louisville. I did two classes in Louisville and uh, got to see the iconic Churchill Downs. I've driven mm. through Louisville many times. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't realize how big Cardinal Stadium was. It used to be called Papa John Stadium, but no longer. It's called mm. Cardinal Stadium. Uh, and it's a big stadium. But um, literally two blocks from there is the home of, of, of American horse racing, wow. Churchill Downs. And uh, I couldn't get into the uh, – they're doing a lot of construction. I probably could have it, you know, and risk getting yelled at. But – it was snowing and it was cold, but uh, that was really fun. This week I'm, I'm in Columbus all week, but I will be uh, jumping on doing a couple um, YPN things and uh, Facebook Live with Jason Pantana, who's one of the top trainers for Tom Tom Ferry's organization. Cool. And uh, getting ready for uh, the Ohio Brokers Summit next week, which is an event I'll be speaking at. Rob Hahn and Eric Stegman. Nice. Two, two names yeah. you'll remember. Sure. Uh, and I'm doing a I'm doing the closing keynote at that. So. Uh, hopefully the weather will, will hold out and uh, we'll be able to focus on some sports and, uh, and, and, and talk to you guys offline. But on behalf of Bill and Shay and Todd somewhere on the high seas, uh, thanks for listening guys to the stare down.